So I'd like to offer a guided meditation this afternoon, um, offering metta to the body. <clears throat> Say just a few words about it first. Um, Sharon tells a story of um, a visiting monk from Sri Lanka many, many years ago in the early days of IMS, who was like in his 90s and um, leading a session. And Sharon remembers thinking, you know, before the session, like, okay, you know, this will be, be pretty brief. He's in his 90s, you know, he's probably not going to go on too long. And, um, you know, had a, so much energy and, and ended up, you know, teaching for like two hours or something in the hall. But his favorite meditation, which he led, um, was a metta meditation for the body, where he went through each part of the body one at a time. May my head be happy. May my head be peaceful. May my head be healthy. May my head be well. May my eyes be happy. So um, it's kind of a version of that that uh, we can explore together today. And... um, As many of you know, the Buddha taught mindfulness of the body as the first foundation, kind of the primary area to establish presence. And we can have a complicated relationship with the body. Relationships are complicated, yeah. <laughs> so uh, sometimes it's absent entirely. It's like, where is my body? From the inside, I don't feel it so much. Um, When we feel sick or have pain, we can feel uh, a lot of grief in relation to the body or sometimes um, frustration, even anger towards the body. There can be shame, uh, particularly around body image, given the emphasis on appearance in Western culture. Um, so a lot can come up, yeah, with the body. Um, so it's important to be gentle, trust your own wisdom, go slowly. All of those um, principles that, that you know so well that we've been emphasizing. Mm. Particularly when the body's um, suffering in some way, um, sometimes the metta will take on more the flavor of compassion. Dawn was talking about last night so beautifully. And so it, it can have this uh, tone of tenderness, of wishing to, to ease any of that pain or suffering or even illness if that's, uh, if that's present. There can also be confusion about what, what does it mean to wish my body uh, healthy if it's not, you know. If I have a shoulder injury, what does it mean to say, may you be healthy? Or if I have some kind of chronic condition, um, what does that mean? So that they're, they're having had various kind of health issues over the years, There are two different ways that I've understood that that I would like to offer before we do this meditation together. And you can see what works for you. Um, 
sometimes I may include that line and I, I may omit it other times and you can play with it as it feels right for you, that line, may I be healthy or may you be healthy. Um, the sort of more classical way of understanding it would be it's just this offer, it's just this wish without grasping. Right? So as Sharon was saying yesterday, just, just as we say to someone, you know, on their birthday, like, have a great year. <laughs> While knowing that, you know, it's going to be everything. It's going to be a lot. And so we don't control that. We still wish it. We still offer it. You know, so we can still have that orientation to our body, even when there is sickness or health or pain, to say, may you be healthy. That we can um, offer that blessing to the body. Another way of understanding it also is that um, it's not just the body, but also the, the whole, our whole being and uh, fundamentally our heart and mind that we're wishing be healthy. That wish for health becomes more of a holistic understanding. Okay, last thing I'll say before we uh, practice together is um, some people find it makes more sense when doing this practice to um, address each part of the body in the second person, may you. So like if you're offering metta to your head, <laughs> to say to the head, may you be happy. Other people may, you may find it makes more sense or works for you to say like, may I be happy, thinking of your head as that part of yourself. Um, I usually do it in the second person, which is how I'll offer it. But if that's confusing for you, just change it. Just change the words, make it make sense for you. Okay. And then we'll have some time afterwards. I'll, I'll share a little more um, and we can have some questions and discussion about your practice. So go ahead and sit comfortably if you're not already. And again, uh, invitation from Sharon um, to sit comfortably in the body and also to sit comfortably in your mind. What would that mean to uh, take an internal posture of your own heart and mind that feels at ease, feels comfortable? No sense of pressure, you don't need to get it right, you don't need to win, be perfect, no one's grading us. Just an invitation to relax, to enjoy the space and the time that we have been given right here and now. Notice the sensations of your body resting on the earth, places where your body makes contact with the chair, the cushion, or the ground. Mm 
inviting some softness and relaxation to your muscles, the tissues and joints. So letting the chest be open, letting your jaw relax, your eyes and your eyebrows. Relaxing down the back, letting the shoulder blades sink and slide downwards. Allowing your belly to be soft. Letting the earth support you. Bringing your attention to the heart center, area just behind the sternum in the center of the chest. And inviting this quality of metta, kindness. Dalai Lama translates metta as basic human warmth. Some of my colleagues out at Spirit Rock like to talk about uh, some of the different categories of metta as your muse. The benefactors like our muse for metta. So thinking of, of an image, a moment, or a being that helps you to recollect and touch with your awareness this quality of warmth. How does it feel to share a hug with a friend? I'm making it concrete, specific. And again, you may feel a sensation warmth or openness, lightness, or not. Remembering that it's this inclination towards kindness that we're practicing, turning the heart in that direction. You see an old friend and say, hey, how are you? Oh, it's so good to see you. Wishing well. And bringing the attention, your attention to the top of your head. Feeling any sensations there, the crown of the head, the scalp. Slightly resting your attention there. Wishing well. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. Thank you for all that you do for me.
feeling the sensations on the sides of the head, the back of your head, lightly resting the attention there and connecting with the heart. May you be safe, be happy, be healthy, be well. Thank you for all that you do for me. Feeling the sensations in that region, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Offering those wishes of kindness, even gratitude. Bringing your attention to your forehead, the temples. Noticing any sensations there. Temperature, texture, perhaps just the subtle sensitivity of the skin. May you be safe, be happy, be healthy, be well. Thank you, forehead, temples, for all that you do. Becoming aware of your eyebrows and your eyes. Allowing the eyes to rest back into the eye sockets, softening all of the muscles around the eyes, back into the skull. May you be safe. Be happy, be healthy, may you be well. Thank you for all that you do. We don't need to think about it or analyze What does this part of my body do? What does it mean? What will happen? We're just feeling the sensations and sending this loving energy to that part of the body, aiming the mind, heart in that direction. Feeling the nose, the nostrils, the sinuses. Lightly resting your attention there, aware of any sensations. May you be safe, happy, healthy, and at ease. So you can find your own words, of course, change them to suit the meaning that feels most authentic and resonant for you. Feeling your cheeks and lips. Noticing any sensations there. May you be safe. 
happy, healthy, maybe well. Thank you to all of the muscles and skin for all that you do. Feeling your jaw, the teeth, the tongue. If there's any tension or tightness in the jaw, seeing if your teeth can part just slightly, allowing the jaw to be slack. May you be safe, happy, healthy, well. Becoming aware of your ears. The soft, fleshy part cartilage, the earlobes inside into the ear, ear canal. May you be safe, happy, healthy, and well. Thank you for all that you do. Becoming aware of your neck and throat, the front and back of the neck, feeling any sensations there. Offering this kindness, this appreciative warmth. Becoming aware of the shoulders, the shoulder joint, all the muscles in the shoulders. May you be safe, happy, healthy, and well. Allowing your awareness to extend down into the upper arms, the biceps and triceps. Feeling your upper arms, noticing any sensations there. May you be safe, be happy, healthy and well. Thank you for all that you do. Allowing your awareness to continue to flow down into your elbows, the forearms. Feeling your elbows and forearms. Offering the phrases, this energy of kindness. Becoming aware of your wrists, your hands, the front and backs of the hands, the fingers, all the way to the fingertips. These hands, 
that touch and feel, that grasp and release, that caress and hold, hands of our parents and our ancestors. May you be safe, happy, healthy and well. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Bringing your awareness to the upper part of your back, shoulder blades, cervical and thoracic spine, back of the ribs, feeling any sensations there, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. May you be safe, be happy, be healthy and well, may you be at ease. Feeling the middle and lower parts of your back all the way down into the tailbone, gentle curve of the lumbar spine. May you be safe, be happy, healthy and well. May you be at ease. Thank you for supporting me for all that you do. Becoming aware of the upper part of your chest, sternum, pectoral muscles, the ribs, offering kindness, well-wishing. Becoming aware of your solar plexus, your belly, abdomen, may you be safe, be happy, be healthy and well, may you be at ease. Being aware now of the sides of the torso and the whole upper body as a unit. Head, neck, the arms, torso. May be safe, happy, healthy and well. May be at ease. Thank you. Allowing your awareness to sink down into your hips, becoming aware of the pelvis and the groin, 
May you be safe. Be happy. Be healthy and well. And becoming aware of the upper parts of the legs, hamstrings and quadriceps, front and back. Feeling any sensations there and gently offering the phrases. May you be safe, be happy, be healthy, may be at ease. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Allowing your awareness to move down into the knees, becoming aware of your knee joints, front and back, feeling any sensations there, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And patiently, kindly, Offering the phrases like you're bathing your body in love. Becoming aware of the lower part of your legs now, your shins and calves, front and back. May you be safe, be happy, be healthy. May you be well. Becoming aware of your ankle joints. Front, back, and sides. Offering the phrases, wishing well. Becoming aware of your feet, the tops of your feet, sides of the feet, the soles of your feet, the heels and balls of your feet, your toes, the little pads of the toes, the area between the toes. May you be safe, be happy, be healthy and well. May you be at ease. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do.
and becoming aware of the whole lower body now, from the hips down through the legs into the ankles and the feet, feeling the whole lower body as a unit. Mass of sensation, wishing it well. And feeling your body as a whole now from the inside. This field of sensation. May you be safe. May you be happy. Be as healthy as possible. May you be well and rest at ease. Thank you, body. Thank you for working so hard to support my life. Thank you for all that you do. Seeing how it is now to Perhaps switch to may I, feeling this metta from the inside out. May I be safe, be happy, be healthy and strong as much as possible. May I be at ease in this world of change. May I feel held and protected. May I always know my own goodness. May my heart awaken and be free. from this place of deep connection with your body, with the heart, bringing to mind your dear friend or any other being you've been working with today, a benefactor, special pet, sacred place in nature. And from every cell in your body, imbued with this loving energy now, offering it to this being. May you be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. May you live with ease.
allowing your field of awareness to open even more broadly. Anyone else in your life who's come to visit? Other friends, relatives, acquaintances? Just inviting them all in. Like you're having a little party. Just wishing everyone well. May you be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. May you live your life with ease. And finally, extending that warmth to everyone here in the hall at the retreat center, the staff, all of the beings in the land. May we be safe, be happy, be healthy. May we live with ease. Feel free to stretch your legs if you need to. Thank you for joining me for that. Um, Not everyone connects with that meditation. Some of you might might have loved that, others might have hated it, it's okay, it's not personal, I won't be offended. <laughs> uh, it can bring a lot up sometimes, so if, you, if it brought a lot up for you, also want to make space for that, let you know it's, it's okay, it's normal. Um, you know, the body holds uh, memory, felt memory in the tissues and the cells of our past, And sometimes uh, doing a body scan like that can bring things up. So just to make space for that, if that was the case for you. And uh, you can revisit it anytime. It's a wonderful way to do metta for yourself. It's a nice way to prepare for sleep at the end of the day. I wanted to say a little bit about this concept that we've mentioned a few times in the hall without really defining it of purification. A couple of written notes asking about that. What does that mean? Um, The word itself can bring up a lot of associations that are not necessarily helpful, kind of old Victorian associations of purity and 
um, sin and so forth, uh, which is not not what's meant. Um, one of the core commentarial texts that's actually the text that this metta practice comes from is called, uh, the Pali is the Visuddhimagga, and the translation is the path of purification. This is a very core concept in a certain period of, of Buddhism. And um, one way of understanding it is that in order to, uh, to free the heart and the mind from its obscurations and torments, we, we need to experience some of that to actually free ourselves from it. Uh, another way of putting it is the, the, the process of opening the heart includes opening to and feeling the places where our heart's closed, the places where our heart is hurt or angry. One of the analogies that gets used in the, in the canon is um, of taking a, um, a cloth that's um, soiled and dirty and uh, putting it in clean, pure water. And so what happens when you take a dirty cloth and put it in water is all the dirt comes out, comes up to the surface. Yeah? So this path gets talked about as a path of the site, these cycles of purity and purification. So the purity is the water, that's the practice, and the purification is the junk, the dirt, the accumulation of hurts and entanglements and wounds and unresolved moments that we're still carrying that we can re- release, that we can actually metabolize. And it's, it's by allowing them to come up into awareness and be felt and known that they release, that they disentangle themselves. It's like getting a massage. The muscles are tight. And there's knots in the muscles. You know, for that, for those muscles to loosen and lengthen, sometimes there needs to be some some pressure and you know some release of the lactic acid in the muscles. Right. I'm trying to offer different analogies here to you know see like what speaks to you to understand that. Um, one of the analogies that I like a lot, f- particularly for metta practice and the Brahma Viharas, where we're cultivating these qualities, um, is, the, is a musical analogy of, of a tuning fork. So the purity is the, is the tuning fork. Okay? So this is any moment in your practice or from your life where you've felt and touched that quality of unconditional metta. You've had that, that felt knowing with another being of real friendliness and being seen just as you are. Yeah. It's like the tuning fork. It's a true, clear 
note in the heart. And then what happens when we strike a tuning fork and then pluck a string or play a chord that's not in tune is you hear how sharp or flat it is much more clearly than if you didn't have the tuning fork, right? It reveals where, where we're off. So you will see in your practice how it, it goes back and forth between these cycles of, quote, purity. The heart feels a little more open. The metta's flowing. The phrases feel sincere. It's not, maybe it's not, you know, fireworks, but it, it's like, okay, yeah, it's kindness. And then it's like, I'm angry and I'm grumpy and what's with these people and, right? You're going to feel that and notice it that much more clearly because of the metta. You see that? It's going to stand out more. That's the purification. Ordinarily, as we go through our day, we're busy, we might be a little grumpy or irritated and not actually even notice it that much. So this practice will... Um, will reveal the places where our hearts are closed down or stuck or in pain so that we can free, free them. So um, our teacher, Michelle McDonald, um, talks a lot about the more you can allow your heart to close in those periods of purification without worrying about it, without fighting it, without judging yourself, the more um, readily and fully it will open in the other part of the cycle because it's a cycle, right? It's like the sun rises and the sun sets. The seasons come, the seasons go. The heart opens, the heart closes. If we fight it when the heart closes, we just interfere with the process. Let it close. Let yourself be a grump ball. It's fine. The more you can just let that roll through, the heart starts to trust. Like, oh, like, they're here. They're listening. They're letting me go through what I need to go through. And the practice will deepen. Okay, so... What questions do you have about your practice that we might be able to help with, offer? Yeah, Laura. Um, I have a, a question that often when I'm practicing metta, I find myself um, interacting with the person that I'm practicing metta for, you know, combing, brushing their hair uh-huh. or, or kind of um, cradling their face or something like mm-hmm. that. I do try to be kind of um, sensitive, discerning about when there might be some attachment, mm. kind of some clinging, some kind of fix or something. Mm. But for the most part, it's really just care. Mm. And I was just curious if there is um, just a general philosophy or mm-hmm. approach to that, mm-hmm. whether, whether sure. that's common or not. Yeah. yeah. So the, the question was... Um, Noticing sometimes uh, in the visual image, Laura will be like having some interaction with the person, stroking their hair, combing their hair, and wonder. And sometimes it seems like there might be some attachment there, some kind of control, but mostly just kind of a, a more loving connection. And um, 
you know, is that okay? Is it common? How is that? Yeah, any guidance on it? Yeah. Um, it sounds quite lovely, you know? It sounds very sweet and tender to me. Um, I, I think it's it's kind of along the lines of what Sharon was saying yesterday with the this this balance between concentration and energy and how the more imaginative the relationship and the visualization, the more that's going to bring energy up. The simpler it is, the more it's going to emphasize the calm and the concentration aspect. So that's one thing you could pay attention to is how settled and still is the mind, how, how uh, stable are the phrases and the continuity. If you're finding that it's, you're drifting in and out, then maybe try to simplify some of that, what's happening in the visual field. Another place to look is how much, you know, the psyche is sort of rich and mysterious and brilliant in its own way. And um, all kinds of things just sort of emerge of their own accord, right? Uh, to see, like, how much is that just arising versus how much are you getting involved in doing it? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the other thing to watch for. But otherwise, I'd say let it, let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. more of like an equanimity practice. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so being here, I'm trying to accept that purification state mood mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and keep returning to the metta practice, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. only annoys me even more because it's not really right. what I want to be doing and right. it puts me even in a worse mood, which is a cycle. And so I'm not kind of reaching that other that opening part of the cycle. Sure. Um, and so I'm just kind of pushing, pushing, pushing through, becoming ever more sure. resentful. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Okay. Uh, I'll just summarize for anyone who didn't hear. Uh, grumpy pants, like days on end, bad mood, keep trying the meta, it's getting worse, help. <laughs> um, so I guess the first thing to say is that these cycles have their own rhythm. And sometimes a cycle can last like a whole retreat a whole season. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like we go through like a period of like a year or two of, you know, and it's never all one way, but it can have that kind of quality to it, right? Um, so just to take a, a long view and a wide view about it is the first thing I'd say. Um, but I'm really glad that you asked this question because um, it's helpful to have a sense of, okay, well, what are my options, right? When, when those, those periods of what we're calling purification come up, um, what are my options here? 
So um, one option, which is what you were saying you've been trying, is to just continue with the metta. And, and this, is the, this is the kind of baseline default that we encourage. Just acknowledge it. You don't have to fight it. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to make it go away. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to psychoanalyze it. Just acknowledge it and come back. And there's something that can be profoundly liberating and not needing to go into our anger or our grumpiness or make a story out of it or make it mean something about me and just come back to the phrases. Um, we've talked a little bit, Sharon talked yesterday about the, the quality with which you let go and begin again being really important. At that moment, I like to think about it as it's, it has a certain kind of fractal quality in consciousness. That the more we're able to bring a, a kind of really exquisite sense of patience and allowing to the process, that, that starts to imbue the whole heart and mind with that energy. So you could continue to explore that when it feels available to you. It's how are you returning? Even letting the phrases come back on their own rather than you doing it. And just kind of notice the grumpiness, wait, and let the first phrase come. Another option that Dawn was mentioning this morning is to go backwards in the sequence of categories. So if you're working with a friend and then you're feeling really agitated or getting caught in some of the complexity of the relationship, whatever it is, and you've tried letting go and coming back again and again and again, go back to the benefactor, go back to self. You go back where it's easier, you regain your grounding and the momentum, you reconnect with the metta and then move forward again. Um, I'm speaking not just to you here, of course, but to everyone, because I don't think... That's not what I'm hearing you saying. I want to just name that. Um, other options. So those are both within the structure of the metta, right? We're staying within the structure of the practice. When conditions don't support that, or we've tried that, and we're still stuck in something, you know, and we're losing energy, and we're... It's just like, it's not working. It's not helpful. Change the channel. Go to equanimity practice. Go outside and you know, get some fresh air and look at the trees. Go back to mindfulness practice. Feel the breathing. Do some walking. Change it up, right? Sometimes we need, we need to change the conditions of the mind and the body to sort of refocus and reconnect. And that's fine, right? So use your own wisdom to discern like what's, what, what's really helpful right now. And just trust, trust yourself. Okay, great. Yeah, please. Yeah, so um, I think as far as I can remember, this is the first time that like gratitude was incorporated into the meta practice. Yep, that's right. Uh, and I found that really nice. Yeah. I mean, especially starting with the gratitude and then offering mm. Mm-hmm. 
sure. Yeah, yeah, great. So the, the comment was uh, really appreciating the gratitude, the incorporation of that, finding it very helpful and supportive, noticing it seems to be the first time that we've done that explicitly and wondering why we haven't included that you know, in the interpersonal metta. Um, it's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm making a mental note of that. Because it, it is um, traditional um, to begin any period of practice or, or sometimes to begin a period of formal meditation practice of any kind with gratitude. It uplifts the heart and the mind. It creates a very skillful inner atmosphere for practice. And so if you find it helpful, go, go with it. You know, start, start your, your sittings, your walkings by touching into gratitude. Absolutely. You know, Sharon, one of the phrases that she uses sometimes when she teaches is, you know, play to your strengths. Right? That's one of the aspects of starting where it's easiest, is find what works and do that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, last one. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I have a bit of a story that I'm becoming more mindless. Uh-huh during this period um, that sort of the go-to is this rote recitation of the phrases. Sure. Which sometimes is not rote at all, but I feel right. like the messaging is sort of like, it's okay if it feels kind of rote. Right. And, um, and I, I, I feel some like dullness right. in my orientation toward my own body uh-huh. and I have aversion to that. Um, and so I'm curious about you started to touch on this, I think, but the role of bringing mindfulness mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. to this practice, especially like in the in-between moments, I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. meal times or in um, transitions versus how much it's skillful to say, to sort of work on accepting that that's part of the process and not turning toward it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just trying to go back to sure. the Sure, great, thank you. Uh, so the question was... Um, noticing a certain kind of dullness sometimes, feeling a little bit more mindless, uh, the, the phrases feeling rote, knowing that that's part of the process, but then also kind of, uh, these are my words now, sensing that something's a little bit off in it and how much to apply mindfulness, how much to try to engage with that versus just let it be, particularly in the in-between times where it's harder to keep the phrases going. Is it better to just go back to mindfulness? Yeah. Um, thank you. So wh- one of the, um, so we've talked a lot about uh, energy and concentration, right? This balance of vitality and calm. One of the other things to bear in mind uh, in the practice that many of you are already familiar with from your practice are these hindrances, right? These different forces that obscure the mind of craving wanting anything (laughs) other than what's happening, Um, aversion, not wanting what's happening, pushing it away, being irritated, frustrated, annoyed, angry, etc. Sleepiness and restlessness, which are related to the energy and calm, and doubt. So it sounds like some of this is a little, the dullness, right, is a little bit of the, the sleepiness hindrance, is a little bit how I'm understanding it. So one way of working with it is to, to invite more energy through 
either the phrase, the sense or sharpness of the image of the recipient, or the felt connection with the meaning. Remember Sharon said that at any given moment, any one of those three things can be in the foreground, the sense of the being, the phrase, or the felt meaning. Right? So you can lean into any of those to bring more energy, clarity, and connection into the practice. And that's skillful, right? Without needing to control it, right? We're not getting into like it has to be this way and so forth. It's true that sometimes the phrases are just going to feel flat. And that's okay also. And there's something important and powerful about continuing with them when it is totally dry. Like I said the other day, that quote from Merton, right? That's actually some of the richest terrain is because we we start to learn more where and how to come back to the inclination to kindness when we're really not feeling it and to still mean it in some way, to touch that place of sincerity inside, regardless of whether we feel something pleasant, open, warm or not. Um, the, the, the last part that I wanted to touch on is, you know, your question about, is it better to go back to mindfulness or the in-between parts? And so, um, metta is, mindfulness is present within metta practice. We are being mindful of metta. To be mindful means to be aware in a balanced way. It means to stay connected and present with we're always we're mindful of something we're mindful of the body we're mindful of the vedana the feeling tone we are mindful of the mind we are mindful of impermanence there's something we are being mindful of metta we are mindful of metta and and that mindfulness that sati is conjoined with and informed by wisdom, by panya, sati sampajanya in the Satipatthana Sutta, mindfulness and clear comprehension. So we haven't been talking about this explicitly, but we're, we draw on our wisdom and our intelligence all the time to know what's needed right now. We'll sit up a little bit straighter. Oh, just, just relax. You don't have to try so hard. Slow down. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. No, no, no. Really connect. That's wisdom. That's guiding you all of the time. That's sensing what's happening and adjusting a little bit, right? So that's happening in the background. Those factors are present and and supporting the practice. Yeah. And and you know, in the in between times, the general recommendation for um, metta practice is to keep um, some aspect of the metta going, which could be the phrase, it could be a word, it could be just a light awareness of your heart. When, when there is a sense of the sensation present, staying with that, you know, it's not going to feel like it feels in the sitting or even the walking. That's fine. But the idea is we, we're... Um, we're kind of guiding our attention to just stay in this one zone and not drift too far. And so you can just 
you know, the, the way I practice when I'm doing metta retreat in the in-betweens is I just do metta for myself with one or two phrases. May I be safe, may I be happy, be safe, be happy, or safe, happy. It's light, it's a light awareness. And the mind will drift a little bit, that's fine. And just keep coming back, don't make it into a thing. And then, yeah, of course, if you start to get lost or flooded or you really lose it, you know, come back to mindfulness, ground, be present, use your wisdom to inform what's needed there. Okay, thank you. So, um, yeah, maybe just before we go, just uh, one one more reminder or pointer on um, as we go through the categories, um, the way I've always been taught in the practice, in this particular method of the practice, um, is as we add more categories and we come in in the morning and we do the guided meditation, um, you don't have to go through all of the categories, each sitting or walking to get to your friend or tomorrow we'll do the neutral person. So what you can do is... Um, to the degree that it's helpful, just start with an easy being, self, benefactor, friend, it doesn't matter. Spend just a little time there connecting, steadying, and then move on to whatever category it is you're working with. You may find, you know, uh, if your energy tends to be stronger in the morning, you may find that, you know, by halfway through the morning, you don't even need to do that. and You can just stay with, whether it's the friend or the neutral person, or whoever we're doing that day. There'll be periods of the day that you don't need to kind of go back at all. You just stay with it. Within a given meditation period, a walk, a sit, um, you could just stay with one person. Or, as we've done, you could cycle through like two or three friends, for example. Staying with one is going to emphasize the concentration and calm going to two or three will invite more energy. So again, use your own intelligence to know what's needed without trying to figure it all out and get it right. Just trust yourself. Okay. Okay. Thank you for your practice.